Please be seated. Grace to you and peace from God, our Heavenly Father, through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Our reading is from John 5, 25 to 29. Jesus said, most assuredly, I say to you, the hour is coming, and now is, when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. As the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son to have life in himself, and has given him authority to execute judgment also, because he is the Son of Man. Do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming, in which all who are in their graves will hear his voice and come forth, those who have done good to the resurrection of life, and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. These are God's words. Dear students, faculty, and staff, this week we are considering Christ's return, or perhaps a better way to say it would be Christ's appearance to end the world. Certainly, we as Christians are thankful that God has called us from unbelief to faith, and by his word, he continues to keep us in that faith. But at the same time, we know the devil is always lurking about like a roaring lion, using temptations and lies and hardships to snatch us away from Jesus and to have us return back into unbelief. How can we be sure of eternal victory? Jesus prepares us for Judgment Day. You know, as much as God loves all people, and he certainly does, his holy justice requires an accounting for sin. And so God appointed Jesus. We always think, well, Jesus, right away we think of Savior, don't we? But in this case, Jesus is describing himself as the one appointed by God to be the judge on the last day. Now, I'm sure there's a lot of people in the world at his time and still today that say, Jesus, he's so unimportant. He lived such a humble life. Didn't even, he'd have no palace. He, he just, he didn't even have a house that he owned of his own. And yet, of course, there were times when Jesus showed his divinity, when he did those powerful miracles or cast out demons. Or I loved it especially when he could just look at someone and says he knew what that person was thinking. He knew what was in their heart. And so, of course, on the last day, everyone will know. There isn't going to be any question anymore whether Jesus, as the God-man, is Lord. Everyone will know and everyone will bow in submission to him. When Jesus appears in glory, he will raise all the dead. He said again in our verses, an hour is coming when all who are in their graves will hear his voice and come forth. During Jesus' ministry, we remember how Jesus raised his friend from the dead, simply by saying, Lazarus, come out. And life was returned to Lazarus, and he walked out of the grave. On the last day, Jesus' voice is going to carry throughout the entire world. And he says, come forth. And all will be raised from the dead. And whether it's people's bones are, you know, set away somewhere, or whether someone said, well, just burn my body and throw the ashes into the air. 
is not going to matter to God. Just as Jesus was there at creation forming Adam from the dust, he will be able to take all people, whatever their remains may be, and restore them to life. And the Apostle Paul also mentions in 1 Corinthians 15, not only that he will raise the dead, but those who are living when Jesus appears will also be changed so that they will live forever as well. The question is, where are we going to live forever? Jesus gives us an answer in the last verse. He says, those who have done good to the resurrection of life, those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. Jesus' words seem to contradict everything we've learned in the Bible about how to be saved. Isn't it by grace through faith in Christ alone? What is he doing talking about those who have done good? Well, the Apostle Paul makes it very clear that we're saved by faith. He said to the Galatians, we have put our faith in Christ Jesus that we may be justified by faith in Christ because by observing the law, no one will be justified. No one will be declared not guilty or innocent by God. Some have tried to say that we could be saved by Christ and by our works. But even if all we had to do was one work, whatever good thing that we would try to do is imperfect. And would, would it be ever acceptable to our holy God? And the answer in Romans chapter 3 is no. There's no one righteous. There's no one who does what is good. Our works can in no way prepare us for heaven. Now, all of us at times have been unprepared for something, right? Uh, perhaps you've walked into a classroom and you said, we have that assignment due today, or there's a test. Now what do I do? And you scramble and you try to do whatever you can to prepare yourself for what was rather unexpected. But if we're unprepared when judgment day happens, if we have lost the glory that Jesus won for us for that day, there is no making it up. There's no second chance. Scripture describes hell as a place that God made for the devil and his demons. But once Adam and Eve sinned and they changed the course of humanity that, that was headed to be with God forever, to be away from him forever in hell. People in hell are completely separated from God's love and from his blessings. Hell is a place of thick darkness. And it says there will be weeping and an eternal fire that torments people forever. And there is no rest. Because of our sins, Jesus has every right to send us there. What can we do to escape this? Nothing on our own. Jesus prepared the way. Jesus, when he went to the cross, didn't just suffer the physical torment, did he? He suffered everything that I just talked about and more that I could tell you about, about that suffering in hell, pain for our sins. 
taking all the guilt on himself and saying, punish me instead of them. Jesus also lived a perfect life. Again, when we think of our works, as, as good as, as some may be, there's still some imperfection. Nothing is ever perfect. But when we trust in Christ alone, we receive his forgiveness of all our sins. And on top of that forgiveness, we, God sees us as if we have done everything that Jesus did in his perfect life. The Apostle Paul wrote, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. In other words, we, as God looks at us, he sees holiness. Not just, well, here and there, but total holiness in Christ. There's a hymn that states, Jesus, thy blood and righteousness, my beauty are, my glorious dress, midst flaming worlds. In these arrayed with joy shall I lift up my head. Certainly Jesus wants all people to receive these blessings that he paid for. He said, a time is coming and has now come when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. Jesus is not describing the resurrection on the last day with that verse. He's describing people receiving the new birth, a spiritual birth that happens now. The Apostle Paul wrote about this in the Ephesians chapter 2. You were dead in your transgressions and sins, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Yes, God called us to that faith through baptism and through his gospel in word and in the Lord's Supper. He continues to strengthen that faith and mature it. See, saving faith is a matter of the heart, isn't something external. People can't look out and see, ah, this one has faith. No, that one doesn't have faith. Faith is inside. But once we have faith, it shows in our lives. And that's what Jesus was talking about. Finally, we're getting back to those things that he said, those who have done good will rise to live. He was describing works that flow from a saving faith. So we're not doing good things in order to earn salvation. We're doing good works because Jesus has won our salvation and we want to thank him. What will heaven be like for believers? Martin Luther wrote that I should be his own and live under him in his kingdom and serve him in everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness. Jesus in John chapter 10 described heaven as life to the full. I mean, now we have all these abilities, but how often do we use them? We have our minds, but how much of that do we use? In heaven, we will fully be able to use the talents that God has given us, all of our abilities. It will be fully satisfying. And as God certainly it says, we will know as God knows us. All believers will be gathered with the angels around the throne of God, singing of songs of victory. Jesus lived a perfect life. 
He died and he rose from the dead to give us that victory on the last day. You can be sure of this, judgment day is coming. It could come at any time. But in Christ, we have nothing to fear. We should be looking forward to that day because when he appears, he will take us to be with him. We say with the hymnist, when from the dust of death I rise to claim my mansion in the skies, even then, this shall be all my plea. Jesus has lived and died for me. Amen. Please stand for prayer. Oh God, you've warned us in your word that the end of the world could happen at any time. Help us not only to be prepared for that day through faith in Christ, but to long for its appearing. In Jesus' name, amen. We continue with the hymn.